ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. To the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. It is Thanksgiving week. Let's try to be grateful this week, guys. Be grateful. Let's not try to be. Let's be grateful. You know, sports are sports. They're important. I get it. But if something's got you down, just just be grateful. Just be grateful. If you're a Saints fan... Uh, be grateful that, you know, you haven't had to deal with a ton of seasons in recent memory where you were without your QB1, RB1, wide receiver 1, right tackle 1, left tackle 1, left guard 1, where you were, you know, this idea that, oh, well, the Saints weren't that good even with all these injuries. Eh, they were 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston and most of these guys. Yeah, they were missing Michael Thomas and some others, but come on. Come on. Now, having said that, I saw way too much of my timeline of, what do you expect? They're missing all these people. I expect the defense to do a little bit better job of bundling up Jalen Hurts, who just ran all over the Saints. All over them. All over them. Trevor Simeon was more like Simeon yesterday. That pick six was pretty much the backbreaker. You're trying to make it a one-possession game or at least attempt for a field goal that Brett Mahar probably would have missed. Before the end of the first half, you throw a pick six. Suddenly, you're down 20. Your offense hasn't done squat. Yeah, that was uh, that was the backbreaker. It was an ugly game. And as I told Gus on Friday when I had him on for the Pro Nola segment, I said, look, based on this injury report, I don't think the Saints are going to beat Philly. No way. Now you go home on a short week and you get ready to host the Buffalo Bills who prior to recently were looked at as the Super Bowl favorite. Not so much now. In fact, there are six teams playing this Thursday on Thanksgiving, and all six are coming off of a loss. Weird day yesterday in the NFL. Houston beat Tennessee. Wasn't even a one-possession final. I mean, they went into Tennessee and just beat them down. The Colts went into Buffalo and destroyed them. Baltimore and Chicago was a close game. Detroit and Cleveland was a close game. Washington beat up Cam Newton. Kansas City and Dallas going to be a high-flying affair. 19-9. Heck, the most entertaining game was probably Sunday night football last night. Felt like an old Big 12 game or something. 41-37. But overall, just a, eh, it's a weird day in the NFL. And then on on Saturday in college, you had you had plenty. And yes, we're going to get into UL's win over Liberty. We are going to talk to Louisiana's current head football coach, Billy Napier. 
in 10 minutes about a number of things, including the Raging Cajuns and their win at Liberty and what they have in store this Sunday for Senior Day. Um, but you also had Oregon who didn't keep winning and you're in the college football playoff and the Ducks just, they didn't quack in the good way, they quacked in the bad way. Oh my gosh. You saw what happened? They quacked. They're done. They're finished. That that was that was I mean, it wasn't even close. Just complete domination. Complete domination. Then you had Ohio State, absolutely which was good news for Ohio State because they they had that one L to Oregon who also had one L, and now Oregon's got two, and both of the losses are, you know. They're they're on the wrong side of it. One to a bad Stanford team, the other just a lopsided loss to Utah. You got Ohio State who put 56 on Mel Tucker and Michigan State. Mel Tucker who just got a giant fat contract extension. Sparty goes into Columbus and loses by seven touchdowns. Meanwhile, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They just keep winning. They just keep winning. That's what they do. Just keep winning. 48-14, they beat SMU. Domination. How is the college football playoff committee going to figure out how to keep them out this week? I don't know how you do, but they will. They will. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. Those those rankings will be released later. What today? They'll probably they'll they'll put they'll put Michigan ahead of Cincinnati, Michigan who just you know barely got by Penn State, and then put it all over Maryland. And and they're out. Will be oh it's okay because it'll be settled on the field this week whenever they play Ohio State. What if Michigan loses? Notre Dame they keep winning. But the problem there for the committee is Notre Dame's one losses to Cincinnati. So if you're Cincinnati, all you can do is just keep winning. You got East Carolina this week. Then you got the AAC championship game a week after. And all you have to do is just keep on winning. They're going to look for whatever evidence they can to find the Bearcats guilty of not belonging in the college football playoff. But if they keep winning the way the dominoes have fallen, the way the dominoes have fallen, they might actually be getting in. And it'll be a rematch against Georgia, who they played last year in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in a good game. This is a Georgia, different Georgia team this year, I hate to tell you. Yeah. Yep. Cincinnati, well, they hadn't been, no style points in recent weeks, but they had plenty of style points on Saturday. As did Notre Dame as did Oklahoma State, as did Michigan, as did these teams that are all trying to convince themselves they belong in there. As far as the Sun Belt goes, you had three Sun Belt teams came into this season with top 25 aspirations. Coastal Carolina, App State, and Louisiana. Now the Mountaineers have won their last four games, dominating teams. 
Yeah, they got dominated by UL. I was there. But since then, App State has won by an average of 46 to 14 in their last four contests. The Cajuns have won their last six by an average of 35 to 15. They are winning by an average of 20 points. App decimated a good Troy team in Louisiana. Absolutely handled a very good Liberty team on the road where Liberty had not lost a game in a couple of years. And once again, they'll be beaten in the conference championship. We're going to talk to Coach Napier about that and more. It's all coming your way next. This is the Great Scott Show. After that, we'll open up phone lines. We will have some post, um, post-game post sound for the Saints of what unfolded yesterday in Philly, the quick turnaround that they have to get ready for this week, what that report looked like yesterday, why Taysom Hill never even saw the field, even though he was active and Ian Book wasn't. It's all coming your way. Lots to get into Open phone lines after Coach Napier, but Coach Billy Napier, popular guy. He's on with me next right here on The Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. All right, welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Uh, just talked to Coach Napier. He said he needs just a few minutes, so don't go anywhere. He's coming. Don't worry. He'll be on with me. Uh, he's tied up with something at the moment, so we're going to call him back in just a few minutes right here. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You know what? Jay Walker, Gerald Broussard on the call. There was a lot of big defensive moments for the Cajuns. They were calling the game from Learfield for Louisiana's win at Liberty. A lot of big moments. A lot of sacks, including this one. A couple of highlights before we bring Coach Napier on, shall we? Motion and on first down. Willis play fake, still has the football. And um, one scrambling out of the way, but now he's sacked back at the 20. Well, we talked about his 250 to lost yards, and now you see why. I mean, had a chance to get rid of it, kept scrambling, kept scrambling, kept waiting on something, and I think that was Chauncey Manack made the play for a loss. Yeah, Chauncey Manack all over the place. Chauncey Manack had, yeah, let's just say more than one sack. That's one. On Here's third two. down, Willis wants to throw it. Willis in trouble. Chauncey Manack's got him. Back at the 45-yard line. 
yeah, there in was no Liberty stutter. Territory, and it'll be fourth down. There was no stutter that time. He pulled the trigger and wrapped him up. I think Liberty was thinking about four-down territory that time. Hey, you might want to get that punter out there. <laughs> Joe Bruzon, I love it. There's two sacks. How about three for Chauncey? Snap to Willis. He's got time. Now time running out. Down he goes at the 35. Chauncey Manak. I tell you what, that young fella just is outworking people out there. Bird walked him all the way back in the lap of him and then came free and made a diving sack. Sack by number 17, Chauncey Manak. That'll bring up third and goal from the 35. One, two, three, four. Willis is back to throw. Willis, Manak's got him again back at the 45 gonna burn another timeout and I tell you what what this defensive line is doing I mean some people might just call it abuse back at the 44 it will be fourth and goal abuse four sacks in the first two quarter Gerald Broussard on color there G I'm looking forward to it he will actually be joining me in studio tomorrow Jay Walker is on the road covering Cajun hoops which Oof, that was a rough performance at Indiana last night. Um, we will talk more about that later, but I'm looking forward to having G in there. But just an outstanding defensive performance. One of several things we'll, uh, we'll be talking to Coach Napier about here in just a little bit. Amani Bailey was back from an injury, a running back, part of a three-back backfield between he, Montreal Johnson, and Chris Smith. And Amani didn't look too rusty. He looked fresh. Really and fresh. a Bailey... Take and their he's will. In. Take Touchdown, their Louisiana. Touchdown. Make them like it, Bert. Take their Make them like it. I mean, raise your hand. Over them fellas from Lafayette we was just talking about, it's a good day to be a Cajun, Bert. Haven't seen Amani in a few weeks. Good to have him back. Pistol formation and play action. Lewis. Lewis has time. Pass to the near side. Complete to Bailey. He's to the 45-40. Bailey still on his feet. 35-30 inside the 25 to the 23. Amani Bailey. Coming up with a J&J exterminating first down. They'll mark him at the 24. It was uh, a very, very impressive performance and one that some was worried might be a trap game, might be something you know, looking ahead, all the chatter about a Sunbelt Conference championship. Uh, no trap. No trap. They didn't take the cheese. It was, uh, it was dominant. And on defense to force Liberty into six turnovers to sack them as many times as they did it was very very impressive we're going to talk to coach Napier about that and ask him a number of other things as well let's get him on the phone line in the meantime here is uh one of coach Napier's favorite songs before we bring him on Time is running out, and down he goes at the 34-yard line. 
Yeah, Andre Jones and Zion Hill party at the quarterback right there. I tell you what, a little fella named Sonny Hazard caused some havoc too now. All right, joining us now, head coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Coach Billy Napier. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Scott, good morning, man. I appreciate you having me on. Always love doing it, Coach. First of all, um, Thanksgiving Thursday, so happy Thanksgiving. What's something you're thankful for this week, Coach, or in general? Man, I'm thankful for my uh, – it's, it's interesting that you asked that question. Um, well, right off the top of my head, man, just getting home late last night, having a chance to um, spend some time with Allie, I'm thankful for her, man. Certainly this time of year, at this part of the season, um, you know, she takes on a big big part of the burden during the fall. So I uh, certainly miss her and the kids this time of year, but I'm thankful for her. So, um that's a good question and one that I think we all should be asking ourselves uh, these days. It's um, certainly going out of our way to make sure that those people know that. Absolutely, man. Being the, the wife of a coach is uh, it's difficult. And I mean a coach at any level uh, because oftentimes they're forgotten. I know, you know, I know the family man you are. I know your heart coach. And, um, you know, it's it's not easy. They take on a lot. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised that she's the first first thing you mentioned when I ask you that question. So, Coach, I got to ask you, um, it's been about a month or so since I asked you, but, you know, Florida's looking for a new head coach. Everyone knows LSU is others. And anytime you're asked about it, you always point out how it's it's a reflection when your name gets brought up from a pundit or an analyst or ends up on a list, how it's a reflection of the entire program. Right when your name is mentioned in the works that's put in, have you have you or your agent been contacted about an interview this season, Coach? Well, I you know I think that you know Scott, I, I just don't know if, it, if it's right to be talking about all these things publicly, but um, you know I mean the reality is you know outside of the first year, every year that I've been here, you get contacted about. You know other schools and their interest in those types of things. So, you know, I think the big thing is uh, it's part of uh, the profession, right? It's part of you know being a part of a team that's had some success, right? I certainly, I'm a part of the team, you know, and uh, we're fortunate that we have a team that is well respected out there, uh, not only because of what we've accomplished on the field, but but the way we've done it. Um, you know, in other areas, you know, and I'm certainly proud of that, and I'm proud to be associated with that. Uh, we've got an incredible uh, group of players and staff. Uh, we've had that each year, right? And we've we've been fortunate to uh, go to work every day at a place um, in a community that has people that care, right? Uh, we have alumni that care. We have uh, local people that really care about our um, university and program. We have a great vision uh, by our administration, and we have unbelievable execution by our athletic department and the leadership, Dr. Savoy, Dr. Maggard. Um, so I, I think that Scott, it's, it's a fair question, but uh, reality is it happens every year, right? And um, it just comes with the territory. So, um, you know, I'm going to do 
uh, what I've done every year, and that is um, what's in the best interest of our team uh, this time of year, right? And that's to try to focus on my job and keep others focused on their job uh, and try to put the team in position to have success. Um, and we'll handle these big picture things uh, the way we've handled them in the past. We're going to do it. Uh, we're going to be smart about it. And we'll evaluate everything, and uh, we'll make a good decision based off of a lot of prayer and a lot of um, insight from people that I trust and that have wisdom. Um, and we'll go from there. But right now, uh, I'm trying to focus on uh, beating ULM on senior night, senior day, I should say. Um, and I, I think that that is what this week is about, right? I think this week is about this group of seniors that have <clears throat> really transformed this place. When you look at this group, uh, their ability to buy into what we've been building here, uh, their hard work, uh, their character, their growth as people, uh, their development as football players. Uh, and I think Saturday uh, is an opportunity to send them out the right way in a first-class um, experience and and hopeful we can make a memory by winning the game you know so we have to do the things that we need to do each day this week to get the team prepared to play our best football you know and uh, certainly i thought we played well saturday and um you know we put that one to bed and we've moved forward to the next one so um i think it's a fair question scott but you know i got we got other things to worry about right now I understand, Coach, and, and this will be my last thing regarding that, but it does have to do with your team. Um, last year I asked you about things you can't control, like a national narrative, whether it be from somebody's source or just their opinion, when it comes to articles and chatter online about your name. I said, is that something you ever talk to your team about? And you said, I would only talk to them about it if I felt like it, it became a distraction. You just said right now your focus is limiting distractions, getting ready for senior day, and beating ULM. Is, is it something you ever have to talk to your team about, or is the focus just, hey, look, we got a game Saturday. Let's go, boys. Yeah, I don't talk to the team about it, to be honest with you, Scott. I think if I did, it would be a distraction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I think that we're, we um, – We've got a very specific task in front of us. Uh, Any time we spend on something else uh, is a waste of time, right? It's how we've had success here, uh, and certainly that's that's the approach we're going to take. The focus was there on Saturday, um, 42 to 14. Uh, a lot of notable performances, Coach, but, but as a team to go to Liberty and, and beat a team uh, by that score that had won 15 straight at home, and do the job that 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 you know Patrick Tony and crew did defensively against Malik Willis and a and a Liberty team that's shown to be very explosive. That's that's one of the more notable, I think, defensive performances um, of the last couple of years, all things considered. No. Yeah, no question. Um, and you know those same people you're talking about chattering nationally, they're the same ones that had us as seven point underdogs going into that game. So. Uh, take that for what it's worth. But, um, you know, I think that um, our defensive crew did an unbelievable job. I thought we had an exceptional plan. Uh, certainly 
conceptually, I thought we were in good stuff throughout the night. Uh, we controlled the line of scrimmage. We affect the quarterback in every form or fashion. Uh, and, you know, um, ultimately got four takeaways on defense, two on special teams. We posted a zero on offense. Um, offensively, we benefited from a short field a number of times. Um, you know, and we played good team ball, you know, and it certainly – uh, broke their 15-game home winning streak and uh, did it convincingly. So, and I was really proud of our team. I thought we had intensity, urgency. I thought we played with physicality um, and really, you know, made the statement. And that's one that we're certainly uh, proud of. Your uh, offensively coach, Imani Bailey, back in the lineup. He. Um, <laughs> He didn't look too rusty. I know he's coming back from an injury, but uh, he looked he looked pretty fresh. Yeah, and he looked that way during practice as well. You know, and uh, I think here down the stretch, getting Amani back is going to serve our team well. You know, he's got a little bit different acceleration. Um, he brings an edge to our uh, offensive unit. I think his intensity. His he's a great competitor. Um, and certainly has been very productive. So we're excited to have Imani back, and, you know, he did a fantastic job um, Saturday night. Coach, your decision to go forward on on fourth and goal from the five in the third quarter, 28-14, was that one you had to think about? Um, I know, you know, scared money don't make money has become a a meme and a mantra for many, but uh, what went into the decision there? Uh, well, we, you know, we had missed the field goal, a chip shot earlier in the game. Um, you know, going up 17 is a lot different than going up 21. Um, and, you know, at that point, if we turn the ball over, they got to go 95 to, you know, to score. So uh, we were confident in our defense and uh, certainly felt like we had a good play called um, and just didn't execute the play. So, um no, we have conviction about it, and um, you know the numbers at that point would have been overwhelming to go for it. And seven plays later, you uh, you got the ball back with an interception, six turnovers, forced for that one. And as you mentioned earlier, now you've got Senior Day this Saturday uh, against the ULM team that <clears throat> you know has some notable wins on their resume, including one uh, against Liberty and Coach Bowden and, and what he's doing there. You, you, you talked to me last week about trying to get the team to focus with all the distractions, whether it be conference championship game, what have you. It's senior day, but there's also a game a week later at Cajun Field that, again, folks have been chatting about a lot. You mentioned distractions earlier, and you got the Thanksgiving holiday. So as a head coach, what's – I guess you don't have to give away all your secrets here, Coach, but how how do you keep a team focused week in, week out? I know it's a, it's a challenge for any head coach, but – particularly in the situation this week with which, what you have coming up on Saturday? Well, I, you know, I think that you got to, um, you know, for us, I mean, I think that this week is going to be about our in-state rival within our league. You know, um, obviously, if you do a little bit of history here, we've come a long way relative to competing against ULM. Um, you know, the first couple of years we were here, it came down to, you know, the last play of the game to some degree. And then last year obviously was an exception because of all their COVID-19 issues. So, you know, there's some history here. 
Um, this is an important game for our uh, fans, uh, the university, and certainly I think it's um, very specific um, intention to make it a great day for the seniors. You know, I think that that's really important to me and, and something that I will impress on the staff and the players is that we uh, send these guys out the right way by making a great memory Saturday. Uh, and certainly we have some momentum right now. We need to keep that momentum uh, going into the championship game. And I will compliment um, ULM and their staff. You know, when you turn the tape on, uh, there is effort on the tape. There is toughness on the tape. And uh, conceptually, I think they've done a nice job of getting a lot out of what they have. You know, so um, this is not uh, going to be an easy task. You know, this team... Really, uh, if you evaluate the LSU game Saturday, you know it could have been a tie game there going into the fourth if they if they execute just a little bit better. So, played the SEC uh, team to a 13 point game. They've improved as the seasons went on, uh, and they have had a couple signature wins, like you mentioned. So, they've got good coaches, you know, and um, some very accomplished coaches. So this this will be a challenge and one that. Um, require our best throughout the week. Louisiana head football coach Billy Napier is our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's great Scott show ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Three o'clock this Saturday at Cajun Field. Get the tailgating out, send off the seniors the right way, and uh, check out the game. Uh, three o'clock kickoff, one o'clock pregame begins here on ESPN Lafayette. A week after that, it is the conference championship game at Cajun Field against App State. It's Thanksgiving week, coach. Uh, how does that two-part question just regarding plans? How does that alter the plans for the work week? And and what are your what are your Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, we will. Um, you know, we basically are operating like a normal week this week. We will push things back just a little bit on Tuesday, Wednesday to buy back some time. We move everything up three hours on Thursday, and uh, we secure around two thirty. Uh, and give all the players an opportunity to have the rest of that day uh, with their family, um, if their family's coming into town, or if locally, uh, which the majority of our team is local, uh, they can drive within a couple hours and see their folks um, or uh, spend time with the coaches and their family or some of their teammates. So uh, that'll be the, you know, we'll have the same plan. you know, certainly a lot of players will be at their coach's house. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, we got a lot of kids that are from right here. So um provides them an opportunity to really enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, and then we'll bring them back Friday. We'll actually have a meal of our own um, to start the day Friday before we get into our team meeting and walkthroughs, et cetera. So, um, you know, same plan we've had the last couple of years. What's your favorite dish at Thanksgiving? If it's if it's if it's the turkey, then what would be second to favorite? No, I, I'm a I'm a dra- I'm a traditionalist man. I'm a turkey dressing with the cranberry, um, all about it. Um, but you know, I mean, there's Thanksgiving's about the side, you know, um, and uh, Allie, she's a pro in that area. So we'll have a great spread and uh, one I'll be looking forward to. You told me last year that on Thanksgiving growing up, you guys would 
go outside and usually play a football game with the family. Uh, who was who was the most competitive in a game of family football? Was it you or one of your siblings or a cousin? Man, we had a huge um, group of people that would play. Right, we'd go to my dad's uh, mom's house in Salina, Tennessee, and um, heck, I can remember it like it's yesterday. Right across the road, uh, there was an open field there, and we would put the ball down and play tackle football. Um, and I would say every person out there was competitive, so uh, that made it a lot of fun. And um, that that seems like just yesterday. Time flies when you're having fun, Coach. Coach Billy Napier has been our guest. Uh, Coach, I always appreciate you joining me each Monday. And um, happy Thanksgiving. All the best, you and your family. And we'll talk again next week. Scott, thanks for covering the cages, man. I'll see you around. All right. Thank you, Coach. Louisiana head football coach Billy Napier on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. Hit on a couple of things he said in that uh, interview, including early on. We'll open up phone lines as well. 269-1077, 337-269-1077. And uh, we will talk a little bit about that bleak Saints performance, among other things. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott show on a Monday morning. 43 after the hour. TSPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette now at 1033 on the FM dial, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. Little chatter on social media from some Cajun fans about that interview with Coach Napier. And, um, you know, it's, it's in the past, you know, when coach has been asked if he's been contacted or perhaps his agent contacted by uh, a school that might be interested in him, he, he has said no before when it was no. And I think when the answer might've been yes, he's, I wouldn't even say evasive. Uh, I would say he just says, "I'm, you know, I, I don't think it's good to talk about or it's not something that I want to talk about. You know, my focus is on something else. But you can read between the lines, and that's okay. With the success that he's had, with the success that Louisiana's had, this, is, this isn't anything new. It feels different this year for many, including Cajun fans, because of some of the openings and interest in him. You know, it's not South Carolina, it's Florida. It's not Auburn, it's LSU. And these are reports and people can make of it what they want. But many were interested in what he would have to say. And if you missed it, 
missed the early portion of the interview. This is my uh, question to him regarding that and a follow-up as well. So, Coach, I got to ask you, um, it's been about a month or so since I asked you, but, you know, Florida's looking for a new head as LSU is others. And anytime you're asked about it, you always point out how it's, it's a reflection when your name gets brought up from a pundit or an analyst or ends up on a list, how it's a reflection of the entire program, right, when your name is mentioned in the works it's put in. Have you have you or your agent been contacted about an interview this season, Coach? Well, I you know I think that you know Scott, I, I just don't know if, it, if it's right to be talking about all these things publicly. But um, you know, I mean, the reality is, you know, outside of the first year, every year that I've been here, you get contacted about you know, other schools and their interest in those types of things. So, you know, I think the big thing is uh, it's part of uh, the profession, right? It's part of, you know, being a part of a team that's had some success, right? I certainly, I'm a part of the team, you know, and uh, we're fortunate that we have a team that is well-respected out there, uh, not only because of what we've accomplished on the field, but but the way we've done it, you know, in other areas, you know, and I'm certainly proud of that, and I'm proud to be associated with that. Uh, we've got an incredible uh, group of players and staff. Uh, we've had that each year, right? And we've we've been fortunate to uh, go to work every day at a place um, in a community that has people that care, right? Uh, we have alumni that care. We have uh, local people that really care about our um, university and program. We have a great vision uh, by our administration, and we have unbelievable execution by our athletic department and the leadership, Dr. Sabwa, Dr. Maggard. Um, so I, I think that Scott, it's, it's a fair question, but uh, reality is it happens every year, right? And um, it just comes with the territory. So, um, you know, I'm going to do uh, what I've done every year. And that is um, what's in the best interest of our team uh, this time of year, right? And that's to try to focus on my job and keep others focused on their job uh, and try to put the team in position to have success. Um, And we'll handle these big picture things uh, the way we've handled them in the past. We're going to do it. Uh, We're going to be smart about it. We're going to evaluate everything, and uh, we'll make a good decision based off of a lot of prayer and a lot of um, insight from people that I trust and that have wisdom. Um, And we'll go from there. But right now uh, I'm trying to focus on uh, beating ULM on senior night, senior day, I should say. Um, And I I think that that is what this week is about, right? I think this week is about this group of seniors that have really – transform this place when you look at this group uh, their ability to buy into what we've been building here uh, their hard work uh, their character their growth as people uh, their development as football players Uh, and I think Saturday uh, is an opportunity to send them out the right way in a first class um, experience and, and hopeful we can make a memory by winning the game you know, so we
we have to do the things that we need to do each day this week to get the team prepared to play our best football. And uh, certainly, I thought we played well Saturday, and um, you know we put that one to bed, and we've moved forward to the next one. So um, I think it's a fair question, Scott. But you know, I got we got other things to worry about right now. I understand, Coach, and and this will be my last thing regarding that, but it does have to do with your team. Um, Last year I asked you about things you can't control, like a national narrative, whether it be from somebody's source or just their opinion, when it comes to articles and chatter online about your name. I said, is that something you ever talked to your team about? And you said, I would only talk to them about it if I felt like it, it became a distraction. You just said right now your focus is limiting distractions, getting ready for senior day, and beating ULM. Is, is it something you ever have to talk to your team about, or is the focus just, hey, look, we got a game Saturday. Let's go, boys. Yeah, I don't talk to the team about it, to be honest with you, Scott. I think if I did, it would be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think that we're, we um, – We've got a very specific task in front of us. Uh, Any time we spend on something else uh, is a waste of time, right? It's how we've had success here, uh, and certainly that's that's the approach we're going to take. The focus was there on Saturday, um, 42 to 14. There it is, uh, what Coach Napier said in regards to that, and then we talked plenty of Cajun football, and the whole interview will be up for you online at ESPNLafayette.com in a couple of hours if you want to share it or check it out or listen more to it. Essentially, guys, he's got opportunities, big ones. There is interest. He'll listen. There's no reason he shouldn't. No reason that he can't. There's no reason that he hasn't earned it. He'll listen, and sure, he'll talk to Dr. Magger, Dr. Savoy about it. They always talk about transparency, and in the meantime, he'll continue to coach the Cajuns and get them ready to go. You'll see a lot of stuff online. You'll see a lot of articles. You'll see a lot of people in radio, whether it be here, but others in Baton Rouge and Gainesville. You'll see writers. You will see those continue to cover that story. And it will continue here for the next couple of weeks and potentially beyond. We'll see. That's where you're at. I I don't know how many breaking huge new developments you're going to get in the next week or two. Um I think I think we pretty much have all the information. And in the meantime, the Cajuns, guys, they're ranked in the top 25 of both polls. They've won 10 games in a row. They've won 20 of the last 22. They were a betting underdog against Liberty and went in there and absolutely dominated them. And they are absolutely a top 25 team that keeps winning that deserves the support. Senior day this Saturday, be there. I don't understand how the cage. I mean, look, it's 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 human polls. I don't understand how the Cajuns drop a spot in the AP from twenty one to twenty two and drop two spots in the coaches' poll from twenty one to twenty three when you went into Liberty, a team that's won fifteen straight at home until Saturday and beat them forty two to fourteen. But hey, whatever, whatever. UTSA still undefeated. Close game for them. But they keep winning. They keep winning. Texas San Antonio, 15th in the AP Bowl right now. 20th in the Coaches Bowl. Come on. San Diego State. 
another group of five that's one spot ahead of the Cajuns in both polls at two and one. Uh, they jumped the Cajuns in both polls. They're a good team, but you know they beat UNLV twenty-eight to twenty on the road. A UNLV team that's two and nine. I don't. I don't understand why they're jumping one team. College football playoff committee will come out with some rankings later, and everyone's going to try to understand their reasoning, and no one's going to be able to make complete rational sense of it. There it is. Expect more of that. Next hour, we'll open up phone lines. You'll hear from a uh, Sean Payton in a very different mood this week after the loss to Philly than he was at Tennessee. He just looked tired. He looked tired. Somebody texted me yesterday during the game. They're like, all right, so is it another four or five beers after the Saints blow this one like last week? I was like, no, man, this this feels very different than the week. I mean, I was mad after the Saints lost to Tennessee and everything that unfolded in that game. Yesterday, I mean, they just, Philly just put it on them. You can point to all the injuries, and it's and you're not wrong. It's a different team with all the injuries. I get it. Oh, every team deals with injuries. Well, not every team's lost their QB one, wide receiver one, running back run, left tackle one, right tackle one. Several of which of the guys I just mentioned, four of are all pros. And another pro bowler at your left guard that's your starter there. A lot of teams don't miss all of those guys and just keep rolling on offense. So obviously things are going to be difficult. But defensively, it was bad. It was poor. They let Jalen Hurts run all over them. Philly just... They put it on him. They put it on the Saints. Now you got to turn around and get ready for Buffalo Thursday night. We'll discuss that. It's all coming your way next hour. As I mentioned, open phone lines. You want to talk Coach Napier, UL, UL hoops last night, that performance at Indiana. LSU's went over ULM. They got one more game. It's against Texas A&M this Saturday. NFL yesterday, just a weird day. I'm sure the casinos, uh, the sports books probably did well for themselves. A lot of weird, unexpected scores. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues next hour on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Guys, I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. The Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. I'm Scott Prather. Last hour, talked a little, well, talked a lot of college football. Talked to Coach Billy Napier, and uh, that was the bulk of the first hour. A little bit about the Saints. We'll dig into that more this hour. Uh, we also have open phone lines for you, 337-269-1077. You want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at ESPN Lafayette. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey, good morning, Scott. What's up? Hey, Scott, I heard you and Coach talking a little bit while ago, caught the last part of it and stuff, and... And one thing about speaking to Coach, man, it's almost like opening up a dictionary of the game of football or the game of coaching. Scott, we are blessed to have somebody at this time like Coach Billy Napier, along with his staff that he has, and along with that group of people that surrounds that football team. And I'm speaking about football at UL. All athletics at UL is all connected. But right now, we're talking football. Man, I tell you, Coach Napier, he, he's, uh, he's like a chef. He's like a chef that's standing up in a restaurant, ordering things, delegating things, and always, always on top of everything that's happening at the same time. With that said, I'm going to close with this. Coach Napier, if you're listening, we appreciate having you here. We want you to stay as long as you want to stay. We see the things that you are doing, have done, you and the staff, and everybody that's a part of UL football over these past years. And we thank you all in advance. But we still got a lot of work to do because we got a game this Saturday, one the following week. 
after that, the championship game and a bowl game. So we got three games left. All of that said, I'm going to wrap it up like this. Coach, take care of all your assistant coaches and everybody that's a part of the staff because the athletic guys and gals and everybody is playing a heavy part in order for you to be able to do it your way. And I can understand why some people want to have coaches that really don't, uh, I would say, understand. Guys, I'll give you an example. LSU is looking for a coach, and they're looking everywhere, even at our coach, Coach Napier. With that said, you can't just go after one person. You might want to bring that staff. So if we would lose Coach Billy Napier, we might lose our whole staff, guys. That's how much we all need to fight to keep him here, and we need to let him know. Coach, stay here. We want you here for some more years. Years. Raise your children here, and we'll win, and we'll win all the time because we know what you've done for us, and, and I know how you are getting this done. Right, keep Coach. up the good work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, I'll say this. Uh, Dr. Maggard has been, and, and Dr. Maggard will be on with me this week, either tomorrow or Wednesday. You know, he's been asked for the last several years about Coach being uh, a hot commodity around college football. And, yeah, this year it does feel different than the last few years. But he's always said that he's he's prepared when that shoe drops. And, yeah, when it comes to taking care of a staff, that's one of the most important things to Coach Napier. Autonomy for a staff is extremely important. I I am of the belief it's why he pulled himself out of some other potential um, jobs in the past when being interviewed. Because the the staff does matter in a huge way. But yeah, we'll we'll ask Dr. Maggot about that this week when I have him on. And, you know, look, there is is sort of this tone from a lot in the fan base now that I don't know if it's just this inevitable thing where they felt it for a while or starting to sink in. And it, it, there's nothing that you can do, things are going to happen. Just keep supporting the team, keep supporting your school, keep supporting who you root for. And if you're a fan of one of those other teams that, you know, wants Coach Napier, then you're going to be screaming and waiting and hitting refresh and doing the same type of thing, just feeling a little different about it. But at this point, you can hit refresh all day. You can keep swiping down and going up on your timeline on Twitter and hoping you see anything new, but... Agents preparing this week for ULM. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Here's an email from Jacques. Says, Scott, I listened to your interview with Coach Napier. I got to be honest. He sounded different when you asked him the question about if he's been interviewed than the way he's been in the past. Did you notice that? No, I mean, I, I, I asked him last year about, I guess maybe it was a South Carolina thing and you know, he said he didn't really, you know, wasn't going to talk about certain things. He was going to keep certain things private. It wasn't going to do any good. And, you know, and then there are other times when he's been asked, like right after, I guess it, was, it wasn't it was with me. It was on a, a Sunbelt teleconference call earlier this season, shortly after, you know, the Coach O news happened, if he'd been contacted away from an LSU. And he said no. And I said, have you been contacted away from an interview? And he didn't say no, right? I mean, it's follow the trail. There are things there. There's interest. He's going to listen. 
Doesn't mean anything's happening definitively one way or the other, but things do feel different this time around. And he's it's it's another thing that he's dealing with while also, you know, getting the team prepared. Senior day and then a conference championship game. You have extended your school record of consecutive wins to 10. You're ranked in the top 25 of both polls. You have a chance to win out. You have a chance to win the Sunbelt Conference outright. And you have a chance to play in a bowl game potentially against the top 25 team, potentially an undefeated team maybe when you look at the Roadrunners and the Cajuns' opponent a season ago. So in the next couple of weeks here, there is there is a lot going on. It will be some of the most covered, most talked about couple of weeks in the history of Rage Cajun football. So buckle up. Thanks for the email, Jacques. Appreciate it. Here's another email. This one comes to me from Tommy. This is a Saints question. Scott, watching the Saints wide receivers yesterday made me want to puke. They can get no separation. What is going on? Uh, what's going on, Tommy, is the Saints pass catchers aren't that great. I mean, they're great by our standards compared to us. But in terms of NFL standards, no, there's not a lot of separation. And I think I think what hopefully this has done is made people appreciate Drew Brees even more. Yes, in the Super Bowl season, Brees had some good receivers to work with. Brees also had some years where he had maybe one good solid receiver. He could make receivers look really good. Receivers that were below average by NFL standards look really good because he was that good. He was statistically, literally, the most accurate passer in the history of the NFL. Scheme helps, but Breeze's incredible accuracy had so much to do with it. You've got a similar scheme. You've got Trevor Simeon, an average quarterback, and you've got what you have right now, which is a Saints offense that is... Look, the Saints are going to have to just make games ugly if they want to win. They're not going to be able to come from behind down 20. Oh, they came from behind the last few weeks. Did they win? No, they didn't. If you want to win, you got to dirty up the game. You got to muck it up. You got to run the football and then hope it's close late, and then hope you have a kicker that can do something. And once again, for the second straight week, Sean Payton decides he's going to kick a field goal, one in a fourth and goal situation, or I guess it was fourth and seven from, what, the nine? The obvious choice was to to, to go for it. There's six minutes left in a game. You don't kick in a two-possession game. You don't kick a field goal to make it a two-possession game. Good Lord. It doesn't matter. They weren't going to win anyway. Jalen Hurts was, man, it was hurting so good for the Saints. He was all over him. All over him. It's tough right there. It's tough right now. I mean, what's going on, Tommy? I mean, have you watched the Saints? Have you watched them? Oof. Trevor Simeon said, I think we can do it. I think we have the players, you know. I think one thing no one is saying is, hey, we're dinged up. It's the NFL. The train's moving. Urgency is high. How can Trevor Simeon say, I think the one thing no one is saying, oh, oh, never mind, never mind, I get it. What Trevor's saying is no one in their locker room is saying, hey, we're dinged up. And there is something to be said for a team that was not going to win yesterday when they were down 33-7 to in the fourth quarter. 
33 to 7 that they kept going, kept going, kept fighting, kept fighting. And eventually it was 33-22. That says something about the culture of a team, and that's good. That's good. And yeah, you're missing Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, who was active as an emergency quarterback, but still too hurt to even see the field in a game they were losing 33-7. to C.G. Gardner-Johnson, Malcolm Roach, Tanoa Kasagan, all on IR, not to mention Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, all that stuff. I get it. It's part of football. It's part of football. Christian Ringo, shout out the former Cajun, had a really good game yesterday. He's been on and off the team this year. But he deserves a permanent spot on the 53. A lot of those runs where Philly was gashing the Saints with their running backs on the inside, that was Shy Tuttle on the field, not Chris. I'm not saying Chris is an all-pro, but Chris belongs on the 53. And is you know at this point, I think he's done enough to not be one of those fringe roster guys that's just on and off the team, sign him one week, wave him the next. Forty to twenty-nine, the final. Saints head coach Sean Payton after the loss. Um, pretty much in every phase, uh, turnovers. You know the those were significant. I thought we struggled defending their running game, obviously, and uh, and I thought our return game. You know, we thought we'd we'd have an edge there, and I, I thought that was just average. So, all of us got to do a better job. Um, it's going to be a short week, and uh, we're going to have to quickly refocus. So, any questions? What about it? Um, look, it's a it's a patient attack. You know, they stuck with it, and uh, ultimately, you know, we didn't do a good enough job. Last week. It doesn't matter if you're shorthanded or not. Uh, yeah. But, um, is what it is. What, what was, uh, especially on that pick six, um, was that just uh, it's a throw late? Or? Yeah, two minute drill. You know, obviously it comes inside against a good corner. Um, you know, it's, when we see the film, I'm sure we saw the replay of it, but I sat on a route and uh, ended up being. You know, significant uh, score right at the half. You've dealt with injuries since you've been head coach, but how challenging is it during the last couple of weeks? It seemed like you've dealt with more. Than yeah, that. I, I know. I, I don't really want to talk about it. The injuries. You know, I understand the question. It's a good question, and um, but there were a lot of things that we did today that weren't injury related. Um, Bingo. So, I appreciate the question, though. Taysom Hill's role because he was limited in being able to do things? Yeah. Yeah, he was the backup quarterback, really, in in the event we needed him. Um, You know, we were were lucky to have him up just in that role. How much could he have done if he had been able to play? Yeah, I don't want to speculate. I mean, he was, was you know, we were able to get him to move around enough to work. Yeah, listen, it's a quick week, uh, Thursday and then another Thursday. So, you know, we got to get back to work uh, and you know, get ready for a couple good teams. Uh, you know, we've played some good good teams, but um, it's going to be honest quick. 
Sean, is there any rhyme or reason that Trevor is kind of slow starts at all? I mean, are, are teams defending you all differently? I don't think so. I, look, he missed a throw early on. You know, we have a play action. He just... You know, just underthrows it. Linebacker gets his hands on it. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's uh, and it, and it it is what it is. That's what that is right there. When you have an average quarterback, that th- those games are coming. Yeah, there are games where they can put it together and it works, and they're hitting their guys. But an average NFL quarterback's always going to have a day like that. Oh well, Scott, look at all the injuries. Injuries didn't have anything to do with those picks. Injuries didn't have anything to do with Jalen Hurts running all over the Saints, making a miss. Unless you want to point to, oh, well, the psyche of the team's down because of all the injuries. Well, if that's the case, then they're not listening to their coach or buying into Sean Payton, who's doing whatever he can to not get them to buy into that. The Saints' offense yesterday in the first half was as bad as we have seen in the Payton era. It was that bad. Maybe you can point to a game against Tampa Bay in 2007. You can look at one or two games where, okay, it took a while, but oof. The difference is those games felt like just exceptions to the norm. You figured they'd be bad. They had less than 100 yards of offense in the first half. They had seven because Christian Ringo, you know, forced and recovered a fumble at the four where they moved backwards and then just had a third and goal from what that a long one. But somehow Troutman can Troutman has his best game as a saint by far and then gets knocked out of the game with an injury. It's a lot can change in a short amount of time. And the Saints' postseason hopes are dwindling right now. Now, with seven teams and it being the NFC, they could turn things around. But unless they get healthy, guys, it's not going to happen. You beat the Bucks on Halloween. You lost Jameis. It felt like, oof, this is going to be tough. But you know what? You finish around 500 the rest of the year, you're good. Alva Kamara was great in that. The defense looked great in that game. Now Kamara's been out for a while. You're starting left tackle and right tackle, who also happen to be all pros are out. It's not the scheme as much as it is the player as well. Drew Brees could make chicken salad out of chicken poop, and he could make good chicken salad. Trevor Simeon cannot. Not a knock on him. There aren't too many people on the planet ever that could. But the Saints defense just absolutely gashed on the ground. And you can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, injuries. This That's just that's, that's the Eagles just putting it on him. That's a credit to the Eagles, and that's the Saints run defense being... They've allowed 488 yards in the last two games to the Eagles last year and that loss and in, in, in yesterday. If the season ended today, they'd still be in the playoffs. And I hate saying that. I shouldn't say if the season ended today. But I'm following that up by saying, stop saying that, everybody. Stop, oh, if season ended today. It doesn't end today. Okay? It ends in... Six weeks. And they're never going to win a game when they play like that and they turn it over as much as they did. Ever. They're not built to do that. They can't do that. It's not going to happen. They cannot lose a turnover battle by two, one of which is a pick six turnover, and win. 
Doesn't matter if they're playing the Jags. Doesn't matter who they're playing. It's not going to happen. It's not. And a lot of the Saints yards yesterday, oh, total, oh, Scott, come on. You're ripping their offense. They had 323 total yards. Uh, those were cosmetic yards, guys. Let's be real. A lot of those came late when Philly was up big. Your defense is playing a little different when you're up 33-7 to at home in the fourth quarter than you are in the first quarter of a scoreless game. It was rough. It was rough. What are they going to do Thanksgiving night? Hopefully they win. Every team playing Thursday, every team playing Thursday on Thanksgiving lost yesterday. And they got a quick turnaround. And the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys did not look good against Kansas City. As good as the Cowboys will look one week, they can look pretty bad the next. Just look at their last three games. Granted, Atlanta's pretty terrible, a team that beat the Saints. But the Cowboys, you know, get handled by the Broncos, then beat Atlanta by 40, and then lose by 10 to the Chiefs. Not sure what you're going to get. They have the Raiders this Thursday on Thanksgiving, the Raiders who lost in Vegas to the Bengals. Buffalo, on the other hand, what what is happening with Buffalo? Speaking of up and down, I mean, this team looked like the Super Bowl contender not that long ago. Now they've, in the last three weeks, they first of all, they lost to Jacksonville. How does that happen? And then they get handled at home by the Colts. Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns. Buffalo had the number one defense going into that game. Dude had five touchdowns. But what did Buffalo do? Guess what? They turned it over four times. They're a good team. They can't, they can't win games when they turn it over that much. The Saints lose. The, the Saints' only hope of giving us a Thanksgiving treat Thursday night is to be plus two in the turnover department. Be plus two. You know what? It'll be some good turkey leftovers. Good Thanksgiving leftovers. Wake up from that nap, that tryptophan that's just... And you're snoring on the couch after stuffing yourself. Then watch some football. Make it happen. 21 after the hour. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. When we come back, the dominoes in college football continue to fall. The latest that is having an impact at the top of what will be this week's college football rankings that haven't come out yet. And the coaching carousels as well. And the dominoes fall in there. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Phone lines are open for you. 
269-1077. Been talking mainly football this morning. A lot of Coach Napier, college football in hour one, little Saints football this hour. Hadn't talked a ton of hoops. Cajun women get the win on Saturday against UNO. Cajun men last night at Indiana uh, were not good. Not good. Uh, Indiana seemed out, man, particularly at some of the guard spots, and uh, they just shot, you all just shot really, really poorly. They'll take on Marshall tomorrow. Uh, or I, I uh, am expected to talk to Coach Bob Marlin. Uh, he's supposed to be on tomorrow's show, as he is each Tuesday. Uh, Coach Broadhead as well. Gerald Broussard will be in studio with me tomorrow for the 8 o'clock hour. Jay Walker is uh, with Cajun Hoops traveling. Looking forward to that. Working on some other guests this week as well. Uh, Dr. Brian Maggard should be on at some point this week. Looking forward to that. You can email us, scott at ESPN1420.com. Won't be long before that is scott at ESPNLafayette.com. That is going to be changed very soon. We are ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the app. For those of you listening via the app, whether it be right off your tablet, your phone, Connect to cars, smart speakers, wherever it might be. That is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Anybody know, did, did you, before yesterday, did any of you know who Isaiah Stewart was? Maybe some of you don't even know who he is. Isaiah Stewart took a hand to the face from LeBron James when he was blocking him out for a free throw last night. And it got him all bloodied up. All bloodied up. Blood streaming down his face. And he was uh, active. He went after LeBron and had to be held back over and over and over again. This game in Detroit. With the announcer, the PA announcer in Detroit just saying, fans, don't go out on the court, don't go out on the court. And I don't think anyone was thinking about going out on the court. The palace, you know, the palace of the palace was a long time ago. But this guy could not be restrained. And now, it, it, it's social media in 2021. A moment where a guy wants to fight LeBron and is being held back by referees and his entire team. Russell Westbrook and AD acting like they want it to be, you know, in the mix. LeBron just standing there, not really doing anything. You know, it was, it, it, it immediately just turned into a meme. Now it's just a joke on Twitter. You just tweet the video of Stewart trying to run through like five people to get to LeBron and you put something up like, we're happy with our wide receiver room, Saints Twitter. And then you just throw that up there. That's how Saints Twitter would respond to it. Expect to see it all over your timeline with Thanksgiving when she says the turkey's ready. When he says the turkey's ready. When Thanksgiving meal is set. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to become a joke. Isaiah Stewart is going to be, you know, become somewhat. I mean, he's look, he's, he's, a, he's a backup center for the Pistons. An undersized center, 6'8", 250. First-round pick of Portland in 2020, not a lottery team, traded to Detroit and got ejected from a game. And now people know who he is. He averages about 23 minutes a game. I mean, he plays. 
and there'll be some spitting back and forth on social media about is LeBron dirty, is he this or that. You attach your name to LeBron James, you can become a meme, you can become known all over the place, and then you'll go back to eventually just being, hey, remember Isaiah Stewart? Yeah, he was the guy that, that you know, had to be restrained and wanted to fight LeBron that time. But no one's actually taking it very serious. Some will say, oh, it's the first time someone actually wanted to fight an NBA game. Most of the guys just act like they're tough and wait till someone holds them back. Yeah. In the end, LeBron was ejected. Obviously, Stewart was ejected. Russell Westbrook got a tech. Something he didn't agree with. AD's acting like a tough guy. And like it wasn't on purpose. This guy's going crazy. Yeah. Folks are bringing up the infamous Malice at the Palace incident, which happened about 17 years ago. And the PA guy repeatedly saying, stay on your courts. There were flashbacks. It was in Detroit. At no point did it look like anyone was even thinking about going down there. It was not the same thing. It was not fan and player. It was player and player. And only one player was just going crazy. It's nothing like that. What I hope is we don't see some long opinion pieces is remember that day in November of 2004 in Detroit? They had the documentary. It was on what? Netflix. It's been done. It's over with. It's finished. Move on. Move on. ESPN Lafayette. Emails. Derek emails. Scott is down as everyone still is about the Saints. I'm keeping the faith. They can get a little healthy. Simeon is, as you say, average enough to get them into the postseason. That's something that I would sign off for as a Saints fan. What I don't understand is fans suggesting the Saints tank. Clearly, they haven't been Saints fans for very long. I'm 56 years old and have been a Saints fan my whole life. I remember awful dark days back in the 70s. I would never want to tank. You know what, Derek? Thank you for the email, man. Thank you for listening. And I couldn't agree with you more. I I do not understand that. We just tank. Tank for what? A higher draft pick in the NFL? You would a tank? This isn't the NBA. You're five and five. Yeah, you got some tough times ahead. Yeah, you're beat up. Yeah, you don't tank. You know what that... Let me tell you something. There's a reason in sports, oftentimes, you have the same teams that find themselves, quote, tanking year after year after year. Because losing is part of the culture. You can be a team with a losing record. Doesn't mean it's part of your culture. You could be a team with a winning record. The next year, you fall back. You surprise a few people at once, and then you fall right back because you know what? It's about the culture. You don't, you don't tank. You cra- Clearly, oh, I'm tired of the Saints losing the playoffs. Oh, you know. They only have one Super Bowl. Where were you? You are young. You don't get it. No, you don't tank. And while the Saints season isn't, isn't lost yet, it, uh, yeah. It's teetering right now. They need some help. They need to get healthy. But I'm with you, Derek. I've seen some of that. Just go ahead and tank where they're trying to take. Stop it. 
And it's one thing if you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and it's week 16 or 17 and you want to get some rookies or backups or guys that you want to check out and develop. That's not tanking at that point. You're actually building for the future. It's seven games left. It's like 40% of your season left. What Tanking. Get, 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 get out of here with that crap. 269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Uh, for what it, excuse me. Wow. For what it's worth, Marcus Davenport has been a fool since he's been um, off the um, injury report. He is. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I, yes, people could point out he's injury prone. It's true. But Davenport has been the best player the last couple of weeks on the field for the Saints. Yeah, uh, Ingram. He had a good game rushing, but like I said, man, I was kind of worried, and I knew he was going to show up eventually when he uh, fumbled the ball. But like you said, man, the game was that was a nice run, and you made a good point. Cosmetic yards, um, a lot of cosmetic that yards. Pick and six was late. I mean, that, it just that pick six. Was, that was it. That was it, right? Yeah. It, it might not yeah. have been it if it was if it, even if you still had Drew Brees in a top tier offense, that would have been really hard to come back from. I mean, they came back from. What, 20 points against, like, the Dolphins in 2009? That was a Super Bowl team. I think they were down 24-3. to That's what it was. This is not, you know, this is not that team. Any, my point is, any team would have trouble coming back from 27-7 to on the road. But uh, this year's Saints team, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. Scott, man, I saw the Chargers yesterday. Yeah, you know, they ended up winning the game. But it was early in the game, man. <laughs> it was fourth and... One or two, and they hand the ball off. I think they were at their own thirty-yard line or something crazy, man. And they uh, end up, uh, of course, they didn't get the fourth down. I, I don't like this type of football. That man. guy like, goes I, for I it all the time on fourth down. It's 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 weird because you have this, you know, you're in the analytics phase where more and more and more teams are going for it on a fourth. I mean, Lane Kiffin, I don't think he even knows he has a punter on the roster. <laughs> Uh, it's like, just go for it on fourth. Now, look, Coach Napier is into that. The Cajuns gone for it on fourth down 28 times this year. Uh, they've converted on 20 of them. So it's worked more, you know, it's it's working most of the time. Almost, you know, nearly 75% of the time. So it's it's, you're looking at a sheet, but there's also kind of a feel for the game thing. Um, it is, it's changing. I wonder if it's here to stay or if it's just a fad right now. But I... I, I don't know that I completely subscribe to your thinking yet that I don't like it, but I find myself, I guess, I'm in the waiting room. I'm almost in the office with you. I'm in the waiting room right now. The first quarter, you got the ball on your 30-yard line, and it's fourth and one and two, and you're going for it. Like, I... You're not, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not an F, yeah, you're not like an, an FCS school trying to beat an FBS school where you're a 30 you know, a 40-point underdog and have nothing to lose. You know, it's a different situation. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Saints, uh, it, like I said, I watched the uh, game, and I had to, I stopped watching, man. I just decided to listen to it on the radio. Uh, but very rarely that happens. Um, but it happened uh, yesterday. Um you can say what you want, man. Uh, like you said, it's just too many injuries. It is what it is. Um, starting, of course, Thomas, of course, but he's he's all, he's been hurt. So I'm 
you know. Yeah, the injuries, um, the injuries are, are it, they're really hard to overcome. But the injuries didn't cause Simeon to, you know, throw the two picks. Um, and they didn't cause the defense to just get gashed on the ground by Jalen Hurts for the second year in a row. So some of it is. Yeah, then call it another extra point, huh? Oh, my God. I, 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 I genuinely laughed. When he came out and missed the extra point, I just I, I actually laughed a lot. I didn't laugh one time last week when the Saints were playing the Titans, but when Mahar came in and missed that extra point, I was laughing, man. It was it was too funny. It was like, oh yeah, of course, of course. So, case from here, what was this? Uh, did he even get in the game? No, he was an emergency quarterback. Uh, he was limited in practice all week. He was still hurt, and Peyton said he was, you know. Someone asked him specifically how much could you have used him. He's like, I don't know, but he was he was he was in he was going to play if it was only if it was an emergency, which makes me think, how bad is Ian Book that he's inactive in a game like that? You know what I mean? Like, he must be looking really bad in practice. So he'll so he'll might start Thursday. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. No, I wouldn't expect that. So okay, against the Cowboys. I don't. I don't know, man. Unless he's, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're going to see he'll start this season. Unless Simeon gets hurt. Okay, so who do you sign? Do you sign another quarterback? Oh, they'll, they'll, yeah. I, it, it, Jameis Winston or someone else, maybe Russell Wilson, someone else will be the starter next year. It'll be no, Jameis or someone about, no, else. I'm not talking about next year, man. I'm talking about this year. Oh no, do this year, no, this year, this year they'll rock. We like the guys we have. They're not signing. They're not. They're not signing Philip Rivers right now. Not happening. No, I'm not saying Philip Rivers. I'm talking about someone, someone that's a free agent, someone that's out there. Only Who, if only there? if one of the guys end up on IR. I mean, at this point, Cam's not bring out back there uh, one of those uh, McCown, the McCown uh, brothers. I don't think they're signing a McCown or Blake Bortles. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, unless unless they unless they like cut Ian Book this week and he's that bad, they'll just they'll just keep rolling. They're too they're too deep in the season at this point. Well, I don't know, man. All right, man. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the call. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Uh, good morning, Scott. I'd like to make a comment about the thinking situation. The what situation, Mike? The people who advocate thinking. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree with you more. Think about this. People say this. I'm a coach. I'm a player. I'm purposely going to give less effort so that somebody else can take my job. That is beyond comprehension to me. I even think, think that even in the NBA, it's, uh, it's not nearly as well, it, it, I like I like your point, Mike, right? It's it's more in-depth. I'm not going to say the tanking doesn't happen in pro sports, but it's it's sort of this idea that it's cut and dry. You're, everyone out there is trying to lose. Well, that's not the case. You might be in a situation as a franchise where you're mathematically eliminated from postseason <sighs> And now you're playing guys that may not help you win as much that day, but you're thinking more big picture. You know, you might lose a few games in the process and improve your draft stock. But the guys that are out there aren't actively trying to lose. So it's kind of this idea that, oh, you tank, you try to lose on purpose. And very rare does that happen in sports. I mean, I've seen NBA teams on the last day of the season purposely try to lose because they want to have some control over who they're playing in the postseason, right? (laughs) Uh, Because they can alter the seating a little bit. But again, that's not tanking. That, again, is thinking about a bigger picture of what you're doing next. So when you get right down to it, the 
the one if you just took the definition of tanking in sports at face value it doesn't actually exist it's a lot more complex than what people make it out to be and i'm sorry to even you know keep rambling i'll I'll throw it back to you mike but just getting back to the original point you made i mean tanking for in the nfl or tanking currently for the saints i mean that's that's one of the dumbest things i've ever heard well the 2017 draft class is one of the best Saints drafts ever, and they were like 11th or 12th. They were 11th. <laughs> was not yeah. first or second. Yeah. And then I heard uh, on the, uh, one of the, uh, this is on your Edward Station, so Shannon Luckerson said, I'd rather go 4 and 13 and 7 and 10 now to your opinion. You know what? Because he said that helps you get to your long term goal better. No, it doesn't. For one, uh, I can't agree with you more about the fact that, you know, the culture. Winning is a habit, so is losing becomes a habit. The Philadelphia 76ers, thanks for years, they still haven't made a conference final. Now, they've improved greatly, but you know. It's a, and and it's a totally different do. team now. I mean, the idea was that it would help them do it really, really quickly. Um, and, and the NBA and the NFL are different sports, to your point. And I just, I don't get it. you still got something to play for here. You're still in the mix. I mean, yeah, you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but if anyone thought they were before the season started, I just, I don't think they objectively follow this franchise. I... Four and thirteen instead of seven and ten. Most people that say that don't even don't they haven't even started to look at draft boards either. It's I don't I don't like that mindset. You know, they just at all. assume in the NFL. Look, Ryan Ramsick was a thirty-second pick in the draft. That mm-hmm. managed to get any first-round pick. The, the after you get past, we got a quarterback. So the difference between players is so minute. It's ridiculous. And the other thing it does too is to take out the. Uh, Salary cap situation. Let's assume that if you're in the middle of a pack, if you're losing and tanking, you're not going to have a losing culture. You're not going to attract very many free agents to your team. The Saints have attracted a lot of people through the years. Correct. Because of yeah, yeah. the 4 and 13 versus 7 10. And I wanted to come back. They said that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard. That's people who really don't really understand what goes into building a sports team. And winning, anyway. you know, the, the the fact that they were down thirty three to seven yesterday and and still fought back. I yeah, I said it. Cosmetic yards, things like that. But they didn't just roll over. I mean that that's yeah, that's, that's part, of, that's that's part of the that's absolutely part of the culture. And if you want to, Russell Wilson won it out in Seattle when when they were twelve and four. You know how do you think he's feeling when they're three and seven with that old line? You, you want to attract someone, even if it's via trade. And he's got some clauses, I think, in his contract that would allow him to say, well, I, I don't want to be traded there, right? So he has a little control. You, you, want to, you want to put together a picture to attract free agents or, as you said, or potentially a franchise quarterback, and, you know, you, you, you're going to put a losing product out there that, like, you're trying to lose on purpose? That's not helping you either. It's, yeah. yeah, you, yeah as our, as our mutual off. friend Jay Walker likes to say, Mike, you and I are fishing in the same hole. Okay, yeah, we definitely are. I'll let you get on someone else. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mike. Come on, Shannon. Come on, dude. Rather go four. I'd rather go four and thirteen than seven and ten. In a vacuum, makes it sound so simple. You say that in a vacuum, and it's like, oh yeah, because you get a better draft pick. First of all, you might not even have that pick if you trade it to, you know, get Russell Wilson. But it's like. It when you say something like that on the surface, you're overlooking everything else that comes before it and the ramifications it ramifications it has on the present and the future of a franchise. You don't you do not want to establish a losing culture. You don't. Ever. It can it can 
It can be life-sucking for a franchise. Absolutely life-sucking. One game situation where you can change one thing in the the future of your team or who you're going to play in the postseason or whether you get the number one overall pick and there's a franchise changing quarterback or the second pick where you don't and it's week 17 or in this case week 18. Yeah, you might play a lot of backups, have them try really hard. That, that, That is totally different than the idea of tanking 10 games into a 17 game season where you're five and five. Absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, if you missed my interview with Coach Billy Napier, I asked him about Florida jobs open. His name's connected, right? Fans interested, writers, pundits, analysts. Certainly there's been that chatter in Baton Rouge for a little while as well. Has he been contacted by anyone? Has agent been contacted by anyone for a potential interview? Has that happened? You'll get his answer to that question that I asked him. If you miss it, you'll hear it next, right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on the Rich Eisen Show. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Yes, indeed it is. Everybody, welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Tomorrow, visiting with Coach Marlin and Broadhead as I do each Tuesday, Gerald Broussard will be in studio with me for the 8 o'clock hour. Jay Walker's on the road with Cajun Hoops. Dr. Brian Maggard later this week, working on a couple of other guests as well. We won't have local programming Thursday or Friday. Um, Thanksgiving week. Hope everyone's thankful. I asked Coach Billy Napier earlier, long interview with him, really appreciated his time. Uh, I'll have that posted to you on our website, ESPNLafayette.com, a little later this morning. But if you missed it, this is a question that many Cajun fans and fans of other schools have been wondering that I asked him, and you get to hear his response, among other things. So... Coach, I got to ask you, um, it's been about a month or so since I asked you, but, you know, Florida's looking for a new head coach, LSU is others, and anytime you're asked about it, you always point out how it's it's a reflection when your name gets brought up from a pundit or an analyst or ends up on a list, how it's a reflection of the entire program, right, when your name is mentioned and the works it's put in. Have you, have you or your agent been contacted about an interview this season, Coach? Well, I... You know, I think that, you know, Scott, I, I just don't know if, it, if it's right to be talking about all these things publicly. But, um, you know, I mean, the reality is, you know, outside of the first year, every year that I've been here, you get contacted about, you know, other schools and their interest in those types of things. So, you know, I think the big thing is uh, it's part of, uh, the profession, right? It's part of, you know, being a part of a team that's had some success, right? I certainly, I'm a part of the team, you know, and uh, we're fortunate that we have a team that is well respected out there, uh, not only because of what we've accomplished on the field, but, but the way we've done it, um, you know, in other areas, you know, and I'm certainly proud of that, and I'm proud to be associated with that. Uh, we've got an incredible a group of players and staff. Uh, we've had that each year, right? And we've we've been fortunate to uh, go to work every day at a place um, in a community that has people that care, right? Uh, we have alumni that care. We have uh, local people that really care about our um, university and program. We have a great vision. Uh, by our administration, and we have unbelievable execution by our athletic department and the leadership. 
Dr. Sabwa, Dr. Maggard. Um, so I, I think that Scott, it's a, it's a fair question, but uh, reality is it happens every year, right? And um, it just comes with the territory. So, um, you know, I'm going to do uh, what I've done every year, and that is um, what's in the best interest of our team uh, this time of year, right? And that's to try to focus on my job and keep others focused on their job uh, and try to put the team in position to have success. Um, and we'll handle these big picture things uh, the way we've handled them in the past. We're going to do it. Uh, we're going to be smart about it. And we're going to evaluate everything, and uh, we'll make a good decision based off of a lot of prayer and a lot of um, insight from people that I trust and that have wisdom. Um, and we'll go from there. But right now, uh, I'm trying to focus on uh, beating ULM on senior night, senior day, I should say. Um, and I, I think that that is what this week is about, right? I think this week is about this group of seniors that have <clears throat> really transformed this place. When you look at this group, uh, their ability to buy into what we've been building here, uh, their hard work, uh, their character, their growth as people, uh, their development as football players. Uh, and I think Saturday uh, is an opportunity to send them out the right way in a first-class um, experience and, and hopeful we can make a memory by winning the game, you know. So we have to do the things that we need to do each day this week to get the team prepared to play our best football. And uh, certainly I thought we played well Saturday and, um, you know, we put that one to bed and we've moved forward to the next one. So um, I think it's a fair question, Scott, but, you know, I got, we got other things to worry about right now. I understand coach. And, and this will be my last thing regarding that, but it does have to do with your team. Um, last year I asked you about, Things you can't control, like a national narrative, whether it be from somebody's source or just their opinion, when it comes to articles and chatter online about your name, I said, is that something you ever talked to your team about? And you said, I would only talk to them about it if I felt like it, it became a distraction. You just said, right now, your focus is limiting distractions, getting ready for senior day, and beating ULM. Is it something you ever have to talk to your team about, or is the focus just, hey, look, we got a game Saturday, let's go, boys? Yeah, I don't talk to the team about it, to be honest with you, Scott. I think if I did, it would be a distraction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I think that we're, we, um, we've got a very specific task in front of us. Uh, Any time we spend on something else uh, is a waste of time, right? It's how we've had success here, uh, and certainly that's, that's the approach we're going to take. The focus was there on Saturday, um, 42 to 14. There it is, Coach Napier's response. If you want to hear the whole interview, it'll be up later this morning. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, ESPN Lafayette, Gary Broadhead, Bob Marlin, Gerald Broussard, and more. In the meantime, Dan Patrick is next. I'm Scott Prather. Thanks for hanging out. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. 